and thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. I so appreciate this opportunity. I mean, in this house, like Daryl said, I've been here. We've been going, coming here for like 20 years at least. It's hard to think of that. You know, this is scary. That was like Y2K, you know, we were like here. Um, and we've moved away uh, to a different state. I live, we live in Maine. But this is our home church. This is home. We still come here. Because it, it's, it, for us, it's where God is. I mean... Daryl has always been, um, it's always been for us a place of liberty and freedom. And he's always honored that. And that's what keeps this place going, along with their faithfulness and their, their love. So I just want to say thank you, Lord, for this place, for this church. We thank you for your people. I thank you for this opportunity to speak. And I thank you that you are here with us today, that you are in us. There's no escaping you. Wherever we go, you are there with us. There's no place so dark so far that you cannot be there close with us, by our side, holding our hand, getting us through whatever we need to get through. Help us to focus, Lord, on you, on the things above. And we thank you for your love. I've, um, you know, we've all been like through some like terrible times, physically, spiritually, in the past two or three years, right? Some of us have been like touched physically in a way that, you know, if we didn't die, almost died, right? Um, and I've, I almost feel embarrassed to talk about it these times because actually when I look at it my life has been like an amazing blessing you know I haven't had any like um, serious illnesses or hospitalizations I'm married to a wonderful woman we have three amazing children three girls um, I live in a you know a beautiful house with beautiful surroundings it's been a blessing you know I've had my issues, okay? We, we all go through stuff. Um, some, you know, near-death experiences. Others seem more trivial, okay? Um, but just living, being on this earth, we go through stuff. But I've realized in the past couple of years um, just exactly where I am with the Lord. And it's been kind of embarrassing it really has. I mean, I've, I've, I've been here and there teaching on soaking and the Father's love and so forth. And, um, you know, I'm supposed to know this stuff. I'm supposed to know that God loves me. What business do I have being fearful? Really? You know, but I have been fearful in the past couple of years. More so than I, than I care to share with you. Um, 
you know, a little bit of fear is okay. It can be helpful. You know, I think part of that living is, is keep us from dying a little bit of fear. Um, some of us, hang on here, I've got visual aids. This is, this is kind of us, right, in our everyday life. This has been me most of the time. Okay, I'm fearful of certain things. You know, kale is one of them. <laughs> but th- th- this can be a healthy thing, you know. Um, but lately, you know, for the past couple of years, um, I'm embarrassed to say... I just closed that. This is where I've been. You know, not not a good situation to be in. This is not... Jesus didn't die so I can live a life like this, right? Right? But it's, it's you know, I've found myself late at night in this kind of a state. And it's embarrassing. But like when, when the rubber meets the road, you find out who you really are in Christ. Um, not long ago, I was having lunch with a financial advisor, and we were talking about the bank crisis and stuff like this. And I said, so what's going on with the banks? Are we supposed to like be afraid of what? Should I go get all my money out of the bank or whatever? And he said, well, the tide went out, that's all. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, when the tide goes out, you find out who's wearing a bathing suit. (laughs) Right? And who's not wearing a bathing suit. And kind of spiritually over this COVID thing, the tide went out. Right? And I realized, I woke up one morning and said, man, I'm not wearing a bathing suit. And uh, it, it, it was true. And I started thinking to myself, I've got no business, you know, being like that. And I realized it, was, it, kind of, it came down to focus. You know, I got, like, focused on the news, focused on I, just the things that I'm not supposed to be focused on, the things of this world, the natural things, my bank account. You know, should I wear two masks, five masks? Should I get a wetsuit? Should I move to Florida? All this kind of stuff, you know. And it's just that that was like consuming me. And I was I was this and not not this. And I realized, man, I need to hear from, you know, if, if nothing else in the past couple of years, what, what this really like brought to the forefront was that we really need to hear from God. You know, man's wisdom is just not cutting it. I don't care how many masks he's wearing. You know, that there's only one wisdom for us is God's wisdom. Anything else, you're risking your life, literally. And uh, that was really, you know, brought right in front of my face. And I started thinking, it came to, came to me the other day, an experience I had that many, many, many years ago. Driving north on 495, 
um, about, I mean, it was late at night, 2 o'clock in the morning, something like that. There were no cars on the road. And I was driving along, you know, what, 65 or 70 something, in the f furthest lane on the left, on the passing lane. And it was in that area of 495 where there's, there's nothing really, you know, it's like Stowe or someplace, you know. Um, not a very populated area. And uh, all of a sudden, I kind of like came to my senses and said, what am I doing in the passing lane? And it was kind of like, move over. So I moved over into the middle lane. And I, 30 seconds later, as we were coming up over this hill, this car comes screaming down the passing lane going southbound, I was going northbound. And I was like, oh, wow. And nobody was going to survive that one. He was going to like 90 or something. And um, that's hearing from God. You know, to tell you, I don't, I'm not even sure at this point in my life that I was saved. But um, God speaks to people. Even the unsaved people, you know, God speaks through 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 nature. God speaks everywhere. I'm kind of um, I'm very much of a visual person. Let me see if I've got notes here. Hang on a second. Um, yeah, uh, these. Are, hang on a sec. Okay. You know, when I started to um, think about sharing with you guys today, I was opening up the Bible and thinking, looking for some stuff. And this one just, this like randomly popped right out at me. It's 1 Corinthians 8, 2. If anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to. So I could just share that and we can go out for pizza, right? I mean, that's, I've got really like very little business being up here preaching. It's not, it's, it's not my day job. You know, Daryl's got this down to an art. I don't. My art is art. Um, I'm like practiced at staying alone in my studio and speaking through pictures. Um, I'm not, this isn't the best thing that I, this isn't the thing I do best, but it's probably the best thing I do because I've learned a lot in those places of silence. And I'm reminded by one of my heroes is uh, Winslow Homer from, uh, he's a 19th century American painter and I realized that we had like kind of a lot of stuff in common. He was uh, born in Boston, and then later in life he moved to Maine and died in Maine. <laughs> and um, he was just like a remarkable person in the sense that he kept things so simple, but he was such a master at what he did. And there was one thing he said that struck out, struck in my spirit not long ago. He said. When you paint, try and paint what you see. Whatever else will come through anyway. 
you know, it's a simple statement. But it, it's the whatever else that is key in that whole thing, right? And I think in Christianity and the Christian walk, it's the whatever else. It's, it's, it's our humanity. We can be humans, people, and live our lives and stuff. But there's a whatever else in us that makes us uniquely us. That whatever else is, has been breathed into us centuries ago when God breathed into Adam. Everything that God, Father God, is went into Adam through his breath and into his being and into us because we're related. There's a whatever else that... Uh, that we need to be in touch with. There's a whatever else that calls us to God, really. There's, I can't think, I can't help think of um, when we get born again. I mean, there's a whatever else in us, naturally. God was speaking to more, my whatever else, I guess you might say, on that highway that day. But then when we get born again, there's um, a whatever else gets lit. I think I see it as a pilot light, you know. Um, do they have pilot lights anymore on gas burners? Maybe that's not a thing anymore. It's all electronic. But it used to be like a little, a little flame that would be there constantly all the time, and you'd press the burner. And, and, and the burner would light. Well, I, I see this whole thing as, as the pilot light being lit as we get born again. I got born again twice. I got born again feeling the wind of the Spirit in Texas and knowing what that was when I felt it and the compulsion to go up and give my life to Jesus. That is the traditional born again. And I got born again later on when I saw how Father loved me. That was a whole other experience. And I think I, when I look back at this, I see how being born again, the first one was like lighting that pilot light and the Father's love revelation is turning on all those burners. Now, you know, you get that going and you're cooking with gas, right? But nevertheless, I got all that going for me and I wind up like this. You know, what's going on here? There are some things that have come to mind lately during this whole COVID thing and stuff. Like people would, at least up in Maine, it's in the, one of the... One of the Expressions you hear a lot is like, well, it is what it is. <laughs> this is supposed to be deep, right? That is the most bereft statement, the bereft of faith, of like courage, of like hope statement I've ever heard. I, I, I can't stand to hear that anymore. Yeah. The other one that came to my mind 
is that he's no earthly good. He's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. Really? People, we need to be really, really on our game here and be heavenly minded. If we're not heavenly minded, where's the good going to come in the world, right? Somebody has got to be heavenly minded. So, oh, my notes. There are my notes. I forgot where my notes are. Boy. You know, I realized at some point, you know, I got all these notes here, but if I have to rely on them, we're in deep doo-doo. I thought, really, I should, like, be leaving them in the car. I mean, they might as well be in the car. This is an annoying. Um, because essentially... <laughs> It comes down to not what we have here, but what we have here. It's a hard issue. It always has been with God, right? Um, <laughs> and um, that's the way it's always going to be. But, I mean, that, that's what, in some sense, is what makes it easy, but it's what also makes it hard. Another thing that's been going on with me with this COVID thing is I've been losing my hearing in the past, well, it's been very gradual over the years. And um, it's kind of accelerated to the point where I had to uh, go get uh, hearing aids, and which was kind of a, you know, an experience for me. I thought, well, I'll just get one because I can't hear very well in the left ear. And, of course, you go to the doctor, and he's like, no, dude, you need to, you know. So, um, but I've got that going on, and, and I, find, I find that, like, hearing, you know, if I'm going to be teaching on heck, hearing from God, how important that is, we as Christians, we've got something going for us. I don't have to hear with these, right? I've got ears of the heart, eyes of the heart. That's where all, really the issues lie. And the heart is such a the heart is such it's such an important thing to protect. Proverbs four, I think is four, says guard your heart at all costs, for out of it flow the issues of life. And the enemy has, like, been working overtime to get into our hearts. He's been working overtime with his favorite tool, which is fear. This whole COVID thing has been fear. Remember when it all started? It's like, well, we're all going to die. That's how it started. So it starts with that, and then it's attacks your identity also. You know, the thing is, we are children of God. We are children of our Father. And we need to keep the focus on God. We simply need to keep the focus on God. I remember many, some years ago, my wife and I, we were um, coming back from down south, and we were traveling through Virginia. And we were going, we decided to, like, 
go for a little walk on the uh, Appalachian Trail. And it went through Virginia and the Skyline Road there. So we took the Skyline thing. And the, the Appalachian Trail actually crosses that road. So we figured, well, we'll park there and go for a little walk in the woods, right? Say we, we've done the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> so, so we get out of the car, and there's nobody around, and, uh, you know, and we start going for this walk. And um, <clears throat> it, it, it's nice and everything. And uh, my wife turns to me and says, can you shoot a gun? I'm like, what is... yeah, I can shoot a gun. Why? And she said, well, in case we see, like, bears or stuff like that. And I'm like, you can't, like, be walking around in a, in a national forest shooting the animals. You know? We'll get arrested. And she says, well, just in case, you know. So, so immediately, like, this, like, fear thing comes in us. Now I'm not enjoying the walk in the woods. Now I'm like... <laughs> and, like, sure enough, we're maybe about an hour down the path, Right? And John turn, turns around to me, and she's talking to me. And I see, like, in the back, in the distance, in back of her, a bear. A big bear. It wasn't, like, the size of an SUV or anything. Maybe, like, a small refrigerator. <laughs> but it was a bear. And um, I said to her, Jean, just, like, don't freak out or anything, but there's, <laughs> there's a bear in back of you. <laughs> and I don't have a gun, right? <laughs> And um, so, of course, she's, she starts to freak out. And she said, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't know anything what to do about it, you know, really, except that this just came out. It's, I said, don't look at it. <laughs> you know, just don't look at it and let's, like, walk away. You know, turn around and let's walk away. So we're like, walk. <laughs> we got back to the car in about 20 minutes. And not, not looking at it at all, right? I don't know if it's like right behind me or not. Just don't look at it. I don't know where I got that from. But I think it's, I think looking at bears like antagonizes them or something. I don't know. Um, so, uh, oh yeah, and we get back to the parking lot. And there are these, like, real hikers there, you know, with tents and everything, like, go, about to go into the woods. And we're like, there's bears in there. Watch out, there's bears. And they're like, yeah, it's the woods, you know. <laughs> well, it's like one thing to go to the zoo, right? It's another thing to be out there and it's like, whoa. So another thing that about about this is so that, that that's that lesson of focus you know my focus was on cnn and like fox news and all this stuff you know and it was getting into my spirit it was robbing me of my inner buster basically buster is uh, a bird in the backyard everything is named at our house the trees the birds everything's got a name and there's a robin out there 
that we call Buster. And uh, because he's just kind of like, he busts everybody up. He's like very kind of like, I'm in charge here. And at one point during this whole COVID thing, I, I, yeah, I wasn't doing any artwork or anything. It was like shutting down. And I was in, uh, in the kitchen. I was looking out of the window. And there was Buster out there doing his thing. And as I looked more closely, I realized, what, what's going on with Buster? He, like, he had his mouth open. And he was like... His mouth wide open. Birds don't do that. I got like out there. I said like, "Oh my, Buster's got issues. You know, <laughs> maybe he's got a peanut stuck in his mouth or something." And so I got the binoculars, was always there in case of these incidents like this. And I was looking at Buster, and he just had his mouth open and walking around like that, running around and like looking at the sky and the ground and everything. And he was absolutely in awe. It looked like he was in wonder and in awe of creation. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, Dave, you've lost your buster. You know? And truly I had because I got a pretty strong buster. Um, buster's part of, like, what I do. I've been looking for another hat to wear um, because like my hats are getting dirty and stuff. And I came across one online said, I fix things and I know stuff. <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah, that's a cool hat. And I realized that's not, I can't really wear that because I don't know how to fix much, you know. <laughs> Instead of Mr. Fix-It, I'm Mr. Ruin-It at the house, you know, and like, and what do I know, you know, really? And then I figured, well, you know, really what I should have is a hat saying, I see things, and I draw stuff. You know, that's my hat. And the other day we were, we were out walking, and we came around this corner, and I saw like three bushes. And my, my poor wife has to go through this stuff all the time, you know. I'm like, hey, look at that, look at this, look at that. It's kind of out of control. But that's my job, right? So we come around the corner, and there are these, like, three dark green bushes. And with this backlit by the sun, and you couldn't see the sun or anything. This, this was like dark, dark evergreen bushes. And the sun wasn't coming in from in back of them, so they were outlined in like a very thin edge of like day glow bright green. Absolutely stunning. You know, and it's like, look, bushes. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's Maine, you know. <laughs> there are bushes. But the whole world is like that. You know, uh, I'm realizing that the focus that God wants us focusing on is the wonder and the beauty of life. I'm going to get into a little bit of scripture here. I really am. Um, and uh, uh, I'm not going to go very long on this, but I want to like, I want to focus on a couple of things like guarding your heart, the Proverbs. This is not 
you know, it sounds, it sounds nice, right? But boy, is it ever vital, right? So how do you guide your heart, you know? Um, you don't call for the guards, right? Guards, guards. I got a heart, help. Um, again, it's knowing the Father, spending time with him, listening to him with the ears of the heart, seeing with the ears, seeing with the eyes of the heart. We are essentially spiritual beings, and that's hard sometimes to be spiritual. We've got to be like at least 51% spiritual, right? 49% natural. I mean, we're natural people, right? We have to like do stuff and like drive cars and I guess, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little bit more um, spiritual than, than is practical. Um, another one of those things that bothers me is, um, oh yeah, it's the, never mind. It's, it's, it's the one about being too heavenly minded. Again, I'm going back to that. We've got to get over that threshold of 50%. We've got to stay there because it's vital to our life. Vital to have a, a decent life, the life that, a better than a decent life to have a life that the God wants us to live. He died for us to have a life like no other. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 2. I'm going to start on verse 3. This is Paul's letter to the Corinthians and he says I was with you in weakness in fear and in much trembling it's a good place to be it's kind of where I'm right now and my speech and my preaching were not with pervasive words of human wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God a wisdom cannot be in the power of men in any way, shape, or form these days. It'll be, it's death to our spirit, death to our natural man even. I'm going to jump down to verse 7 where he says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God, which ordained before the ages for our glory. You know, the, the natural man can hear this and, like, just not get it. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. How is this helpful to the natural man? You know, if you're, like, less than 51%, this might not speak to you. This might not be helpful. You can't understand it. It's a mystery. There's so much about God and the spiritual life that is mysterious, right? If you've got trouble with mystery and not understanding stuff, you're going to have trouble with Christianity. You're not going to, like, find it. You know, going to, 
going to church as a natural man every Sunday and sitting there is, is not enough. It's experiential. You know, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to your garage makes you a Volkswagen, right? He goes on to say, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. It's in our spirit where we understand stuff. Right? It's not in the mind. The transformation that comes through a life knowing God comes through the heart, comes through the spirit. It's not the mind. The mind will lead us maybe to Texas and to put up our hands in the air. But this it's the spirit that fills us. It's the spirit that transforms us. It's the spirit that gives us peace that transcends understanding. And that, that's, that's, I'm telling you, that's what we need. That's, that's, that's how I got out of this, is peace that transcends understanding. It's the only thing that will, like, put this guy back in the box. What man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man, which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We have the Spirit of God in us. These things we also speak in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man is not going to understand spiritual things. We're not going to live through this life and live it the way God wants us to live it if we're out of touch with the spiritual, if we're out of touch with our hearts. Finally, verse 14, I'm going to read, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually dis- discerned. I have a friend, a number of friends, who are like so intrigued by God, um, so intrigued by the things of religion and the spirit and stuff. But they don't know this because the, the pilot light hasn't been lit. There's no way they're going to know this. And I keep saying, dude, you know, just like give up. You know, put up your hands and give your life to Christ. Maybe this will all become clear to you. Not here. That's never gonna get that's never gonna get it. But here this will become clear to you. And it's like, well, I don't know. I'm trying to figure this thing out here. Um that's a good quote from Tozier. And I'm gonna I'm gonna close pretty soon here. The assumption that light and sight are synonymous has brought spiritual tragedy to millions. A blind man may face a beautiful landscape with eyes wide open and see nothing. 
and a blind heart may hear saving truth and understand nothing. The Pharisees looked straight at the light of the world for three years, but not one ray of light reached their inner beings. Light is not enough. The gospel is light, but only the spirit can give sight. Now that's a good one, huh? I can't help thinking of my born-again experience, and I look back to um, Nicodemus meeting with Jesus. Yeah, I always, I, I've always saw, saw this, where Nicodemus creeping up to Jesus in the night, you know, kind of cloaked, I don't want anyone to see me doing this, and asking him about being born again. Where is that? John 3. Nope. Anyway, um, did it, has anyone seen that scene, The Chosen, where Nicodemus comes to Jesus? That, like, so changed my, um, my whole vision, my whole, like, understanding of that whole thing and it makes perfect sense but I always thought Nicodemus was like kind of like I don't want to really be here and stuff I just want to like just give me the answers and I'll go away and maybe tell tell the other Pharisees and Jesus says says to him the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And like Nicodemus's answer is basically, what? He's just his natural man. He doesn't get it. But we get that. We get it, right? The things of the Spirit. That's what just born of the flesh is flesh. That's what's, what is born of the Spirit is born of the Spirit. But in, that, in the way they depicted this in the movie, Jesus gives Nicodemus a hug. I always thought, in my mind, it would be Jesus was like, just, just go along, you know, you're not going to get it. You don't get it. You know, man. But he gives them a hug. Right, and at, when I saw that happen, I was like, "Of course, that's what he would do." And I, I'm, I'm thinking in that moment, maybe Nicodemus got saved. How do you hug Jesus and not have the wind of the Spirit <laughs> blow through you? Right? Oh, I just. I just love that passage, the wind of the Spirit. It's, it's so, it so describes everything about Christianity and how this happens. You know, you don't know how it's happening or where it's coming from. But man, does it impact you. And where's it going? You know, it, it's, 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 it's so beautiful. I remember once um, sailing up to Maine from uh, Massachusetts. And I was with a friend of mine. 
and we were taking it was just the two of us and we were like sharing the the the, the watch duty I guess you might call it and uh, he came I was like down below asleep and he came to me around three o'clock in the morning and said okay it's your turn I woke up I went out on deck and I'm sailing and it was like it was iffy you know, it was like there was, there was like twenty mile an hour wind, and we were out in the middle, of the outer side of land, and it was dark. And I'm not a really experienced or courageous sailor. I'm not, and this was like iffy for me. It was just on the verge of like being nasty. <laughs> so for like three hours, I had like my hands on the wheel, like tight, like this. You know, it was like not comfortable, but uh, it was okay. But then it gradually, the sun started to come up around six o'clock or something. And we changed course to go towards like Southwest Harbor, Maine. And we got in back of some islands. And this still brings tears to my eyes. It's like all of a sudden, like I was able to loosen the grip on the steering wheel because of the islands the sea flattened but the wind was still 20 miles an hour we were like cooking like gas and the sun was coming up on my face I could feel the warmth of the sun it was just like overwhelmingly relaxing and beautiful after like a night of terror and that's what God has for us in every instance, you know, after this COVID thing or Y2K or, you know, even the most terrible things that happen in the world. You know, World War II and concentration camps and stuff like that. The sun keeps rising every single day because God loves us. And if we're there with him, if our focus is with him, we can go through anything. I'm going to close with this. Well, yeah, I'm just going to close with this because it's, we're getting, it's getting late. But... Um, The way through this, for me, has always been time and silence. Time spent with the Lord, just listening with the ears of the heart. And I realized through this COVID thing, I wasn't doing that. You know, at the same time, the buster, the whole buster thing, um, when the Lord said, you've lost your buster, get in touch with your inner buster. He also reminded me that I've lost something. I lost my peace. I think a lot of people have lost their peace these days. It's very edgy out there. And we can have that peace in us. It's for us, it's freely given. The Lord said, I give you peace, give you my peace. It's a free gift. But we can live in that place of peace if our focus is on, on the right things, if our focus is on him. And if we continually hear his voice, practice hearing his voice, 
practice spending time with him, we can stay in that place of peace, even though all hell is breaking loose around us. You know, Jesus slept during the storm in the boat. Now, how did he do that? Well, he had, he had his father's peace in him. He was filled with it. A friend of mine says, you'll never have authority over a storm you can't sleep through. I love that. We should have that kind of a peace in us in the midst of a storm where we can sleep through it. Come out the other side, maybe looking like this, not like that. I'm going to leave you with a poem that I found um, in the midst of this COVID thing that sort of brought me back to that place of peace. It reminded me that, like, when you lose something, go back to where you think you might have lost it. Right? Where did I lose my peace? For me, you know, it's silence, usually in my studio on the floor. Go back there. Spend time there. I don't know whether this fellow is a Christian or not, Wendell Berry. He's a famous American writer, poet. Um, but if this doesn't, this, this is parallel to Psalm 23. I went to some a photography exhibit, and um, this was on the wall, and I was like, oh, wow. That is, that is definitely Psalm 23. It reads, The peace of wild things. When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water, and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time I rest in the grace of the world and am free. Jesus died for us to have freedom. There's a freedom in him and a peace in him and a peace in the world around us, even the one that we see with our natural eyes. You know, when like someone's having a meltdown on CNN or something, just go outside. Look outside. There's the grace of a world out there, a peace out there that happens all the time. The sun rises, the sun sets. Hearing in the spirit is key. It's been brought to my mind so clearly now because I don't hear so well. You know, my wife will call up to me. I'm upstairs or something. The other day she said, uh, can you bring a pair of socks down for me when you come? You know, my mind is like, I can hear her, but it's mumbled. You know, and often my answer is something stupid like, 
Yeah, I've always wanted to go to Lithuania. I'll look into tickets, you know. And it's so frustrating for her. You know, I have to be like really concentrating next to her. I said, please speak to me when I'm in the same room. You know, it's not like, Dave, are you in the garage? So anyway, it is so important. But we're so fortunate that we don't have to hear with these. You know, we've got a better hearing. It's right here. So I just pray, Father, that you bless these people, that you give us peace. Help us to focus on you. Help us to focus on the light. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org. Thank you.